On today's Locked On Texans podcast, the Houston Texans are coming together well at OTAs. Cody will dive into the positives from Tuesday's practice. But first, it's Wednesday. Let's start the show off right. Cody, see you over there dancing. Let's go. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, everybody, to a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Blue Now. Make your moment sparkle with jewelry from BlueNow.com. And Locked On Texans listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement, so make sure you are using Locked on at checkout to receive that discount. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Of course, I'm joined by none other than Cody Davis here to discuss the Houston Texans OTAs and what took place on Tuesday. Cody, before I give it over to you, listen, we are a long way from if I'm Deshaun Watson, I, I will stand my ground tweet from Andre Johnson. To see Andre Johnson out at OTAs on the field with the young guys, and he spoke about uh, Derek Stingley also talked about whether he misses playing a game or not. You know, to see Andre Johnson willingly out there, who's also inducted into the uh, Hall of Fire, and Hannah McNair out there, it just shows how much 365 days can kind of change a situation. And, and I you were out there. Let's talk about the practices. It's just great seeing those <laughs> those figures for the Houston Texans out there embracing the rebuild. But Tuesday's practice, let's talk about some injuries before we dive into the positives from OTAs. Yeah, and unfortunately, John, listeners and viewers, injury actually overshadowed what was an extremely good day for the Houston Texans on both sides of the ball in terms of their final day of voluntary OTAs, mandatory um, minicamp start next week. We'll see if Laramie Tunsil will show up. No, I'm pretty sure he will. But, you know, John, as you just mentioned, um, injuries. Justin Britt, I watched him go down with a left ankle injury about midway through practice. Um, At first, it was kind of scary because he wasn't moving. He was on the ground screaming. He did have an opportunity to get up. He walked off on his own will. And, of course, that did shorten his practice. However, unfortunately, the same thing cannot be said about wide receiver Deshaun Hamilton, who sustained a non-contact right knee injury during the Houston Texans practice on yesterday. Um, He was carted off the field, and prior to us hitting the record on this podcast, Aaron Wilson reported that Hamilton will undergo surgery on tomorrow. He is expected to be back for the Houston Texans at some point this season. However, John, listeners and viewers, I'm not sure if he's going to have an opportunity to come back and showcase what he can do for the Houston Texans because first and foremost, in terms of Hamilton, this is a guy who has not played since the 2020 season. 
And he tore his ACL then on the same leg that he hurt on yesterday. Um, Aaron Wilson did go on to report that there showed they showcased that there was not no significant damage to the ACL injury that he had to repair over the last two years. But John, listeners and viewers, in terms of how competitive I'm expecting this wide receiving core to be, I just think this might be one of those bad situations where we see a player do not have a great opportunity to go out there and showcase what he can do Deshaun Hamilton has the talent when healthy I mean you take a look at his first two years with the Denver Broncos he looked like a really good slot receiver that the Houston Texans can utilize and it's unfortunate that he just took one wrong step and now it seems like his career with the Houston Texans is coming to an end sooner rather than later yeah but you know that's that is a very unfortunate situation because I did think Hamilton was a player that I thought could potentially compete for wide receiver three and four for Houston. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got a lot of receivers return sign from last year. Chris Conley, uh, you know, they brought some guys back. Of course, Nico Collins was drafted last year. Chris Moore, those guys are brought back. Some new friendly faces on this wide receiver depth chart. And as you pointed out, this could be a very unfortunate moment because you're just not out there right now. And hopefully he's able to come back for next week. Many camp start and not miss that much time, but you kind of feel for a guy like Hamilton. Also, with Justin Britt, it's good to see that he was able to get up and walk off on his own strength. Uh, big moment for Cole Turner. You played <laughs> some center last year for Houston, and so of course we're not wishing on anybody's downfall and injury, but the next man up mentality uh, is being instilled in all these players right now. So for Cole Turner, this may be an opportunity for you where they may rest Britt a little bit and give you more reps to show your improvement. Let's talk about the run game. Cody, you said Marlon Mack in the run game had a very good day. Let's dive more into yes, that. Sir. Yeah, look, first and foremost, in terms of a lot of players who had a good day, I do want to shout out Davis Mills really quick. He had another solid day practicing, looking better than that very first day. I saw him doing voluntary OTAs. However, we're going to go over Davis Mills and his entire OTA performance on tomorrow's show. But in terms of Marlon Mack, John, listeners and viewers, I'm happy to say the Houston Texans actually have, or at least at this point, it looks like that they have a very solid and sustainable rushing attack in terms of marlon mack he appears to have recaptured that burst of energy that he was known for throughout his entire career with the indianapolis Colts, all the way up until he tore his achilles you know last year was more so of a rehab year but he seems like a guy who who's look ready to take the reins as the houston texans number one and starting running back and john there were at least two, maybe three moments where if this was a real game, I believe Marlon Mack would have recorded, let's say, 10, 10 or more yards on one carry. And that was very important to me because I honestly do think when you look at what the Houston Texans had in the backfield over the last two years, I think we could probably count on one, maybe two hands, how many times a running back were able to record 10 or more yards. That's how bad the Houston Texans rushing attack were over the last two seasons. However, as I just mentioned, Marlon Mack did a great job finding these holes, finding these gaps, using that burst of energy to pick up additional yards. And the one word that I'm going to key in on, and John, I know you're going to love this, is finding the gaps. And Marlon Mack, 
that right side of the offensive line, it seems like that's going to be his best friend because the gaps that he was using a lot on that right side was the A and the B gap. And John, that is very important because you was really big on the signing of AJ Cannon. You talked about how much he's going to help get this offensive line, get that extra push in the run game. I was able to see with my own eyes on yesterday, John, and that is part of the reason why Marlon Mack was able to utilize the right side of of the offensive line on yesterday now with all that being said on yesterday i had an opportunity to talk to marlon mack about running behind this revamp offensive line and this is what he had to say i know it's been only a couple of weeks but what has been your impression about the offensive line especially mm -hmm. there the way they're able to create gaps for you uh it's been, it's been impressive man uh definitely big holes especially with you can't really can't really judge on tears yeah. no pass but it definitely been holes there uh definitely a chance to Hit it and get it, man. That's what uh, the person about these guys communicate well. That's the major key, especially in the pass game. Got to communicate, and uh, that's one thing we do. As we all know, the offensive line is just as important as the talent in the backfield. Absolutely, and you mentioned AJ Ken spent some time with George Warhop in Jacksonville. Can't talk about how important it is for you as a coach coming into a new place and having your guy, and so adding him to that offensive line could do wonders for Titus Howard and Justin Britton, who we just talked about going down, maybe Cole Turner, but whoever is at that center position, they had a hard time last year because the right side of the line was difficult, was bad. And that made their job a whole a lot hell and harder. That's <laughs> what I just said. But so it'll help out the center position that AJ can is there. And overall, Houston last year was one of the teams that was hit in the backfield the most in the entire NFL season in terms of running the ball. Now that kind of eliminates the possibility of that being a trend for a second straight year. So great to hear Marlon Mack. He's the type of running back that's going to find that hole. But we got much more to talk about with today, uh, discussing the OTAs, of course. And if you're looking for fine jewelry but having trouble choosing, Blue now has jewelry experts on hand 24-7, available via phone and chat to help you find a memorable gift at a great budget Make your moment sparkle with BlueNow.com. And Locked On Texans listeners get $50 off purchases of $500 or more. This podcast exclusive includes engagement, so use promo code LOCKEDON. That's code LOCKEDON, plus every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in a discreet packaging that won't allow what's inside to get outside. It's going to be safe. We ain't got to worry about nobody sneaking in. Shop stress-free and find your forever peace. Go to BlueNow.com today. Welcome back, Locked On Texans listeners. Hey, listen, we got an important favor to ask of you guys. We put together a survey so we can find out and learn more about our listeners like you and make your favorite Locked On podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and what you don't like about Locked On Sports Podcast. So go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey right now to get started. It won't take very long, and everyone that completes a survey can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. To take our audience survey, go to LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. Thanks for your help. More of OTAs. Cody was out there on Tuesday, uh, a, a day that the heat kind of came in just a little bit, I, I'm guessing, <laughs> and uh, made it a little bit harder for you guys to uh, do your jobs. But you were out there, and 
Lovey Smith has some great words to say about some of the defensive players out there on Tuesday. Talked about Rasheen Green said he's a big body, long, good size, good ability. He's a tough guy, smart guy. You know, everything that you look for without pass, we've seen him do. He'll be in the mix with us, and he'll have a role for us this upcoming year. Talked about Jaden Petrie and said, Petrie, for one, he's been outstanding. A knack for football has done a lot of good things so far. And he also great, gave great words to Christian Harris. Said Christian Harris was out there with the ones a lot of the day. That young rookie is really progressing in the right way that we want him to. So some great words for the couple of rookies, some veterans on the defense. Cody, what was going down on Tuesday? Man, John, I think I might have to call this episode Cody's wish list fulfilled. Because <laughs> remember, at the start of the offseason, the main two things that I wanted to see the Houston Texans improve, of course, the backfield. And the second thing I wanted to see them improve was the secondary. And John, listeners and viewers, I really do believe that we're going to see these improvements for this upcoming season. You just mentioned Jalen Petrie going all the way back to rookie training camp. He has been the most impressive rookie that the Houston Texans have so far. And yes, I know that's a stretch because we haven't seen Derek Steenley in action yet. And we still are waiting to see John Mechie return to football play. But John, listeners, viewers, just looking at the rookies who are, who are out there, Petrie looks damn good. First and foremost, I would not be surprised. And we had this conversation a couple weeks ago. I would not be surprised come week one of the regular season, Jalen Petrie is starting. I would not be surprised because first and foremost, well, oh, go ahead. I was. I think they drafted him with intentions of starting day one. As of right now, and over the last over these last three weeks that we had an opportunity to go out there and watch these OTAs, the ones that the Texans opened up to media, but I ain't gonna complain about it though. He's been running a lot with the B team. But it's not going to be long before he elevates to the 18. Because, John, first and foremost, he made the day a living hell for Kyle Allen. Yes, I understand that's a backup quarterback. And he wasn't putting in the same work against Davis Mills, which may have been even more impressive. But he had about two or three pass breakups. And this guy, as Lovey Smith said, he has a knack for the football. And he isn't the only guy who is going to help elevate the Texans secondary because I got to give kudos to Steven Nelson. John, you was high on his signing. I was a little bit mad on it. But Nelson, for the third week in a row, he has looked really good. I think he's going to solidify himself as this team's number two cornerback. Remember, that's a conversation you Over and I had. Top of year. Uh, I, I think so, John. He has been looking that good. On yesterday, he had an opportunity to record about three or four pass breakups, and one of them did come against Davis Mills, unfortunately. However, it probably would have been two against Davis Mills, but Davis Mills had an opportunity to to, to create this nice pass to, to, to Brandon Cooks in this tight window, and it, it looked nice. That's all I got to say. But Steven Nelson has looked nice throughout this entire voluntary OTAs, and on yesterday, I had an opportunity to talk to Nelson because this defense looked damn good in terms of the defensive line, in terms of the secondary, and that's a good statement because at the end of the day, when you look at the defensive line, they 
are playing without John Gennar, who's who's recovering from a foot injury, and then a guy who we believe probably midway through the season, he's going to solidify himself as the best secondary player for this organization. Of course, I'm talking about the top rookie selection and Derek Stingley Jr., he is also still recovering from a foot injury. So for the defense, especially the secondary, to look this good, knowing that they are still missing pieces, that is saying a lot for the Houston Texans defense. But as I mentioned on yesterday, I had an opportunity to ask Steven Nelson about how great this defense has looked, especially the secondary's ability to get after the ball and just listen to what he had to say. Secondary was, you know, going after the ball really good today. What, what does that say about this team defense and how good you guys can be going into next season? I agree, man. Um, I think it's, I mean, we're, we're starting to understand that, you know, takeaways, you know, kind of, when you win that turnover battle, you know, that's a, a big swing in the game, you know, so whenever we can take the ball away and put the ball back in the offense hands and, uh, and they score or we score, you know, that's going to uh, lead to a big chance for us to win. And I know this might sound crazy, but when you hear that statement of the defense scoring, that lets me know that Lovey Smith's top philosophy is still create takeaways and score the football. Absolutely. And with you saying that Steven Nelson may possibly be CB2 for this upcoming season, the battle between he and Tavier is going to be very epic, I think, because mm-hmm. both of these guys are in a position – where last year, Tavia Thomas had a year that I don't think anybody expected of him to have. Uh-uh. Uh, played damn good down the stretch as an individual. He did everything he could possibly do to try to help his defense play better, but circumstances are circumstances. And so I, I'm not sure if Houston, because they brought him back, if Houston is just ready to say, well, we really like Steven Nelson in free agency. That's why we brought him in, and we're going to designate him to CB2. Tavier Thomas is definitely going to have something to say about that. And so we'll definitely keep our eye on that competition. But it's very important we talk a little bit about just the atmosphere with yesterday. Andre Johnson was out on that field. We'll dive into that before we get up out of here. But don't you love chewy, chocolatey brownies? What about a caramel brownie with a caramel swirl on top? Mm, So good. What if I told you that you can have all of that chewy, chocolatey deliciousness plus 17 grams of protein? You are in luck. Caramel brownie bars are available at Built.com right now, and you got to act fast before they get up out of here. Man, they are a fan favorite. They reach for them. They're they at the grocery store. Wherever they get these beer bars, they're getting them. Forget about desserts. Plus, the macros are unreal. 130 calories. 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar. I would replace a regular brownie with Built Bar Caramel Brownies in a heartbeat. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Thanks for making Locked On Texans your first listen today. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL Podcast. Our national NFL experts and insiders keep fans dialed in with the biggest stories and the latest news from around the league because an offseason doesn't equate to a break in the action. So follow Locked On NFL every day on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Wednesday installment of Locked on Texans. Remember, guys, 
we are officially in the off season, which means John and I are going to enjoy our weekends, which means and <laughs> wedding, wedding next Friday. <laughs> I get married. Yes, sir. That means well, your boy Cody home in love is also passion. going to be there. Uh, you know, just wanted to throw that out there. You know, we're not going to be every day. We're going to be, I guess, midweek moving forward all the way probably <laughs> up until. <laughs> yeah, you know, every other day, you know, something like that. But, you know, just wanted to throw that out there once again for those of you who are kind of wondering, hey, why John and Cody not not, not posting anything on, on Monday and a Friday? Well, that's why. But, John. By the way, if you guys want to, you know, send any wedding gifts. Be yeah, free, please hey, do. Feel free to, you know, <laughs> sit in whatever. But back to the Houston Texans, OTAs, Cody, we got to leave off with a bang. What's going on with yeah, The great, greatest of all time in franchise history, maybe. It's up for debate between him and JJ. But um, Andre Johnson was in attendance on yesterday. And, John, you know, you did a great job opening up this show talking about that, you know, Texans and Johnson came a long way from that stand your ground yeah. tweet. You know, it was over 365 days, but I also think there was 24 other possibilities that also helped change Johnson's opinion about that tweet and part of the reason why he's around this organization today. Uh, um, saying, well, there's a lot of playing <laughs> words that I could go with. Uh but I, I think we I think we should applaud that. The franchise and the franchise, arguably greatest player. You know, of course you can argue that with JJ. Uh, but the franchise, a franchise player in the franchise that had a great relationship for a very long time, disagreed heavily on something, and Andre wasn't really messing wasn't messing with the Texans for a while, understandably so mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. But again, over a year later, that relationship to see them back, you know, on one accord where they was, uh, to see Hannah McNair out there on, on the last day for OTAs, um, that it just that's it's great because remember last season. That's all I'm gonna say. Like remember the Titans. Remember last season. It was that <laughs> bad. And uh, one thing that I liked about Andre Johnson was he talked about Derek Stingley Jr. He said he's a great player. He caught my eye the first time I watched him play. He's very humble. He seems like he's up for the challenge. Also talked about Davis Mills. Said I saw a lot of improvement. He looks very comfortable. So the great, the GOAT, speaking highly of a rookie, a second-year quarterback, and he's had his share of second-year quarterbacks he's had to play with. Hmm. So it's great to hear Andre Johnson speak those words uh, about Mills and Stingley Jr. Yeah, and, you know, I know we play a lot. Anytime Andre Johnson come around the organization, we always like to play with it. But the atmosphere, just the overall atmosphere, <laughs> the atmosphere and the the vibe around the Texans this year is a complete 180 from all the foolishness and which is now my favorite word, shenanigans that went on last year. Like, there was literally a cloud hanging over this organization. And now, and, and look, that cloud, one, it's in Cleveland, and two, yeah, 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 they definitely got a, oh, it looked like they might have a bigger cloud, come to think of it. But, um, and the thing about Cleveland is, I've been there. They always, it's always have cloudy. a cloud. <laughs> 
LeBron James was the only one that kind of brought some 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 sunshine. He took the sunshine not once but twice. <laughs> you know, like the show, it's always sunny in Philadelphia. It's always cloudy in Cleveland. And so he just packed all his stuff up with the Cleveland and brought the cloud with him. That mm, is mm, their mm. problem. Sometimes we, we will talk <laughs> about Deshaun Watson very briefly, though. But Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, but John... Listen, as viewers, like I like I mentioned, man, you know, last year it was a I can't use the word that I want to use, but it was a, a bad show. It was a it was a yeah, it was a bad show. But I really do think that from the reporters to the fans to just the average football fan, they're going to enjoy watching the Houston Texans this year because it seems like they finally have the important pieces together. They have the right people worrying about the what their job description is. They got a football-minded head coach. They got a football-minded general manager. They have young talent to where you can say, if this player develop and this player develop and this player develop, the Houston Texans can be a scary team in the next year or so. And if things don't work out, they have the draft capital. They have the assets to go out and get a better version if these players don't go out. But I, I just wanted to point that out, man, because like I mentioned, it, it feels better going to NRG Stadium on a daily basis now without that slideshow, that sideshow that was going on on last year. <laughs> Yeah, I would like to say um, I think one thing scary, I think they can be a formidable team within a year. I do think that. And then over the course of time, we see developments. We'll we'll see how that goes. I also feel like this year is different because a lot of fans that were hurt and blaming Jack Easterby and wanting Cal McNair, the McNair family, to sell the team, it started to realize that we are in this position because Deshaun Watson chose to do these things. We can't be mm. mad at them. The ownership with the hiring of Nick Casario and even with some of the small PR that Cal McNair has done, they have started righting their wrongs. Deshaun has it. Watson wasn't there to take you to the fair. It seemed we didn't care. Watson wasn't there. Also, we got to talk about this later in the week as well. The Houston Texans now have two primetime games on the year. One in the regular season, one in preseason. August 25th, the Houston Texans take on the 49ers, 8 o'clock Eastern on Amazon Prime video. Get a little crazy there, and uh, we will be tuned in, of course. If you don't got a Prime video, hit me. I may have a way you can watch that without logging into somebody's account. I'm John, so sports guy Hickman. <laughs> Follow us on Twitter at LockedOnTexans. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman 12. Make sure that you are subscribing, liking, and commenting on YouTube. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, go on over to YouTube and subscribe to the Locked On Texans YouTube page as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.